Ephesians 1, 3 through 6. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to adoption, to the sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Next, we got one more song. For all that you've done, I will thank. Burdened by life, deadlines, demands, disappointment, it never seems to end. We often carry around our baggage, but rarely stop to count our blessings. Scripture says we have been given every spiritual blessing in Christ. God created you for blessing, and he created you to be a blessing. Sometimes we just need to see from a different perspective. To learn to see things as God sees things from God's perspective. So I'm really excited about this new series that we're calling Blessed to Be a Blessing. And so today we're going to kind of set a foundation. We're going to start this series and set a platform underneath it from which these messages will come. And I think you'll really be challenged and encouraged by these these messages on Blessed to Be a Blessing. And with a new series, that means we have a new bookmark out in the foyer to go with our Discovery Bible study. If you aren't involved in the Discovery Bible study, I'd encourage you to, to consider being uh, starting one up. Just two or three people. It's very easy. The scriptures are on here. Some easy questions that you can ask. They're great reflective questions. Maybe you can do that with some other folks. Maybe just with your family and devotional time during the week. Or you as a person, as an individual. Make sure you pick up one of our bookmarks. And then it will show you our sermon series and texts that go along with it. We are thrilled that you're here as we begin this new series, Blessed to be a Blessing, with the concept of count your many blessings. This is a time of thanksgiving, and so it's a time that we often spend thanking God for what He's brought into our lives. I love to be around children when they pray. And if you've been around young children, oftentimes you'll notice that when they pray, they cheat because they're praying with their eyes open. You can tell this in a a couple of different ways. You can open your eyes and see it. You can also tell it from what they're saying. They're literally looking around the room and mentioning the things that they see and are thankful for. And what I like about this is if I'm in the room, I usually get prayed for. It's usually after the dog, but at least I'm mentioned. You know, I make it into the prayer. And in this season of thanksgiving, I hope that we'll open our eyes and see all the physical things that are around us and give thanks for those blessings. But just as you open your eyes and a child does, there's a big difference between thanking God for broccoli and for your parents. I mean, that's, that's a big difference. There are also differences in what we see and what we don't see. And for many of us, I just have to say as a side note that the more we have that we should be thankful for physically, the less thankful we are. And I've observed that a lot of people that seem to have less are more thankful for what they have. But in this season, what I'm going to call you to do is not open your eyes and pray for every physical thing that you see. But today we're going to challenge ourselves in this season to close our eyes 
and to thank God and reflect on the things that are not seen. In, in the book of Acts, we've, we've read about a couple of gentlemen that had miracles performed in their lives that, that um, seemed harmful at the time. The first was the Apostle Paul. I mean, his eyes were wide open. He had studied, he had learned, and he thought Jesus was not real. He couldn't see that Jesus was the Son of God, the Messiah that he'd studied about all of his life. And Jesus appeared to him, and, and his eyes were closed. And with closed eyes and that darkness that ensued, he was able to reflect, and he could see then what he could not see before. And for many of our classes, last week we were in Acts 13 and talked about uh, uh, Bar-Jesus, Elymas, and, and he was a magician that couldn't see God, couldn't see Jesus. In fact, he even stopped other people like uh, Sergius Paulus from seeing Jesus. And Paul performs a miracle in which he loses his sight for a season. And I don't think his sight was just taken away so he couldn't see Sergius Paulus to keep, get between him and God, but I think it was to open his eyes. It wasn't just to hurt. Paul wasn't blinded to hurt or harm him so he couldn't find Christians. Well, he was blinded for so he could reflect and find Jesus. And Elymas' eyes, his physical eyes, were blind to match his spiritual blindness that he had. I think it was to help him find Jesus not to hide Jesus from him. Luke doesn't tell us if that was true, if that's what happened with him. But he does tell us that's what happened with Paul. And sometimes we need to have our eyes closed to all that's going on so we can see the blessing of Jesus. So physically, maybe we should close our eyes in this season and see there is a lot more to discover than just what our eyes see around us. So do you know what this is an image of? Can you say cornucopia? <laughs> I struggle with that word. Thankful for spell check on my computer. But it's just, a, to me, it's a decoration. It's, it's a symbol in this season where the pilgrims uh, uh, thank, were thankful for their first harvest, that we're thankful for the many blessings that God brings into our lives. And, and this horn of plenty, it literally represents a goat's horn with, from Greek mythology. It's not a Christian symbol, but it does, in my mind at least, remind me that there is plentifulness. God brings more than enough. My, my physically we are overflowing and we should be thankful for that and we should be in fact in my daily reflections do you have a special time in your day where you just kind of walk through your day you just reflect on it for me it has become when I first lay down in the evening it used to be not long ago my head hit the pillow and I was asleep but now when I lay down I enjoy just a few moments of thinking back over the day and reflecting on on what happened and just so I was thinking about this message and I started when I laid down at night not just thinking about how my day started and how fun what I did with you know Caleb and what I did here and there I I, I thought God I need to think about the spiritual blessings and I hope in your daily reflection maybe it's in the morning where whatever it is maybe it's a early evening or or sometime during the day where you can just pause and spend time with God that you think not just about the physical but about the spiritual and when you do I hope this image comes to mind that you're overflowing with spiritual blessings 
The text we're going to look at today talks about how they're lavish, they're abundant, they're overflowing. I hope that we will count our many blessings, not just the physical ones, but the spiritual blessings as well. So in our text today, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 1. We're specifically going to look at verses 3 through 10. And it starts this way in verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. The blessing that comes from God through Christ. There's an old country saying that I heard a long time ago, and so those of you raised in the country will appreciate that. It said, you never turn down a good rain or a heifer calf. I won't even ask those who understand that to raise their hand, but you know who you are, and I do too. But for the rest of us who are not country-born, what that means is sometimes it rains at inconvenient times. But you never turn down a good rain because the rain then is going to bless the crop who's going to, who's going to, that you're going to harvest later. And, you, and a heifer calf, by the way, a, a heifer calf is a female calf. And you don't turn one down because even though right now all they're going to eat and take up your time and get out of, your, out of their pen and all the work you're going to have to do with them, the day is coming when they're going to bless you by having more calves. So the day is coming. You have to look, at, look ahead. So the old wisdom of uh, good country folks is you praise God now and you praise God then. And spiritually, we need to take that to heart. There's some things happening in our lives right now that seem untimely. We don't appreciate them. But if we allow God to work through those, they can be a blessing now and, and they can bring blessing then as well. And that comes through Jesus. Jesus is the one that makes that possible in our lives. So as I was reading through Acts 3 through 10, thinking about count your many blessings and the spiritual blessings more than the physical, I just started listing things I saw in the text that, that I thought were spiritual blessings. Now, these are kind of high level. They're not the deep stuff, and there's much more, more to it. But let me just share what I observed and see it can, if it can bless you as all. First of all, first spiritual blessing I saw is that we are chosen. Isn't it great to be chosen? Too many times we think, a person thinks, that we choose God. And in a real sense, we, we do have to make that choice. It's our choice. God doesn't force us into it. But God is the one that made that choice possible. <laughs> it, he's the one that made it possible for me to choose to become a Christian. And in back to, to make that opportunity possible, he had to make a sacrifice. It's a staggering thought that before I chose God, he chose me. I am chosen for the Son of the Man did, came into this world to seek and save that which was lost. He came to find me. God did not send His Son in the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. What a beautiful, beautiful thought. So salvation, our salvation, begins with God. He chose us, and He chose us to be holy and blameless. Holy just means that we're to be separate from the world. You know, Christians are to be different to live differently than the people who are slaves to sin, the people who live in this world. 
And then that word blameless, just it's a sacrificial word. In the Old Testament, when you study the Old Testament, it's a word that's used with sacrifices. And so it means that the sacrifices we're to offer to God are to be blameless, or sometimes your Bible says without blemish. So those are the sacrifices that, made, are made, that we make to God. And so he calls us, he chose us to be holy. And if you really want to simplify this, you can look at about at that about holy simply says how you compare yourself to the world we're to be different than the world when I compare myself to the world I'm called to be holy and blameless then compares ourselves with God our lives as they compare to God God not only chose us to be different than this world but he chose us to be like him pure blameless clean and every part of my Christian life should be that way. Business, family, faith should be blameless so it can be presented to God. God chose me. He chose you to be holy and to be blameless. And he also showed us that we are chosen by adopting us. Ephesians 1.5 in love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. Here in this church family, the Edmund Church of Christ, adoption is very special to us. We all realize we're adopted into Christ's family. But not only in that respect, we really honor adoption into physical family. And a lot of you, I'm not going to ask people to raise hands, but a lot of this church family, adoption is a part of our family story. It's a part of our lives. And we even like coming along families who are, are adopting others because it's not easy. It takes time. It's emotionally draining. It's, it's frustrating at times. And it's costly. It's not something that's cheap. But adoption is a big part of, of many of our, our stories. I don't know if this has ever happened in your family, but uh, your kids, when they're younger, did they ever hear of an adoption? Or, or then they saw a baby born, maybe I introduce, we introduce a baby at Children's Story Time, and they decide, hey, I, I'd like to have another one of those at our house. And they, they tell mom and dad, they tell you, hey, could we have another baby? And, and you start to explain to them that, well, that would take some surgery to make that happen, or, or <laughs> no, no, it's for whatever reason, no. And then they hear about adoption and say, well, well, could we adopt? And you say something like, uh, oh, that's, that'd be really expensive. Well, in our family, with my two girls, that happened one, once in our, you know, adoption's a part of our family story, too. And so they, uh, they wanted to have another child, and, and we, I tried to explain them the, the, the cost or, you know, you know what it what it means and so they brought Brenda a piece of paper they'd gotten out their coins and their money and they added up all that they had and they said we think we can come up with a hundred dollars to go towards adoption <laughs> isn't that special did you, some of your families I think that's a common story in a lot of our families adoption is something special it's a way to make it happen and I had a hard time telling my children the price of adoption it's a hard concept to get but I tell you somebody who understands it that's God he knew the price of adoption before any of us were created 
He knew exactly what it was cost. And it cost one word to create us. And it cost his son to adopt us. I tell people all the time, the easiest way to have children is naturally. Now, don't get me wrong, ladies. They call it labor for a reason. I don't mean to make, make that, to slight that. But we've also adopted. And I'm telling you what, there's a difference. There's a choosing. There's a price to be paid. And God knew the price. And he paid it willingly. He planned from the beginning to do so. He planned to adopt you and me so that we would come from outside of the family because of sin and be brought into the family. He chose to adopt us and give us a new name, his name, a new legal standing, a new family relationship. He adopted us. Why? Because I was such a good-looking baby, and I had so many talents and abilities, he said, oh, we got to figure out a way to get Kent in our family. I don't know about your adoption story, but most of the people, I, kids that I know that are adopted, you don't know them first. Sometimes you do, but... The reason for the adoption is found in Ephesians 1.5. In accordance with his pleasure and will. The reason I'm adopted is for God's pleasure. He experienced pleasure when he adopted me, and he experiences pleasure when he adopts us. He doesn't do it with a heavy heart. Oh, I've got to pay the price. It's going to take a lot of time. He does it gladly, and his heart is happy. It is his desire, his will to adopt us. Just like most parents who adopt, they want that child. And when it happens, they celebrate it, and they remember it and lift it up. December 20, that's our adoption. You don't forget. And so God remembers. He remembers the price, the day he paid the price on the cross. And he doesn't hold that over our heads. He asks us to remember and celebrate that. And he remembers your day of coming into the family. Not your birthday, but the day you were born into Christ. He remembers and celebrates it. We are chosen to be holy and blameless. We are chosen. We are adopted. The second thing I kind of observed was the word glorious grace. That really jumped off the page to me. Ephesians 1.6, To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. one of the blessings we've received is the glorious grace of Jesus of God and he gave it when I had nothing to give back but because he gave it I can praise him now I can celebrate now I can remember that glorious grace and grace is glorious it's freely given in Christ what he's done by choosing us and adopting us should result in praise to his glorious grace 
There's also the spiritual blessing of redemption, Ephesians 1, 7. In him we have redemption through his blood. Redemption comes from a word that, that means to, to ransom. And it's, it was used back in, in Bible days to, in reference to the slave market, the slave world, which is a little bit different than how we envision it oftentimes in our culture. Back then, a slave would be taken to market and, and someone could, could buy them. And that person might be a slave for a lot of different reasons uh, in those days. But he was at that slave market being sold because he could not, they could not pay the price for themselves. I mean, in that day, if you were a slave and could have bought yourself, you could have set yourself free and the person is a slave because they don't have the ability to do that and so with that concept in mind what happened is God redeems us he pays a price for us and then he sets us free now this slave market that God walked into is a slave market called sin and you you say I was never a slave but hopefully you realize you were a slave to sin. And because you were a slave to sin, you couldn't pay the price of being holy and blameless. You couldn't make yourself sinless again. But God walked into that slave market, and through the blood of Jesus Christ, he bought you, and he says you're free. And so for those of, who's, those of us who put on Christ in baptism, we are free from slavery to sin. In other words, I am free not to sin. Can I choose to go back into slavery? Absolutely. Do many people choose to go back into slavery? Absolutely. And when you do, you can't pay for the price. But Christ's blood can. He redeemed us. He, he paid the price, and he said, you're free. you're free. That's what God did for us, literally. He set us free. We have redemption through his blood. And that's a reference to the cross. It's a physical reminder that on the cross and the shedding of his blood, that is is what redeemed us and without the cross without the shedding there's no redemption we have redemption through his blood and then the text continues the forgiveness of sin another spiritual blessing is not just redemption but is also forgiveness and that literally means remission or you could translate the word dismissed our sins are remitted our sins are dismissed our sins are carried away that carried away is really a, a, a very biblical concept. You might remember studying in the Old Testament about the Day of Atonement and the, the scapegoat, the goat that carried the sins for, of Israel away, literally carried it into the wilderness. Every year the high priest would take the goat and transfer the, on the goat all the sins of the, uh, of the Israelites. Leviticus 16 tells us about that incident, beginning in verse 21. He is to lay both hands on the head of the, of the live goat and confess over it all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites, all their sins, and put them on the goat's head. He shall send the goat away into the wilderness in the care of someone appointed for the task. The goat will carry on itself all their sins to a remote place, and the man shall release it in the wilderness." This forgiveness of sin, that's what it's saying. The carrying away of our sins. And Christ carried that burden for us, and he carried it to the cross. 
1 Peter 2.24, I'm going to use the New Living Translation because it uses the word carry. Your translation probably use, uses the word that's very similar, bore. Here's what it is. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. Forgiveness means our sins have been dismissed. Our sins have been carried away. God does not want us to live in bondage any longer. He wants to set us free, to forgive us. God wants us to experience the release of coming off the slave market into the free life to live for him. What a huge spiritual blessing, redemption and forgiveness. The next ones that jumped off the page to me were wisdom and understanding. Continuing in verse in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. In accordance, he gave us that redemption and forgiveness, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Wisdom is simply the ability to be able to see from God's perspective. To be able to look at things and, and, and say, okay, with, I can see from God's perspective. And then that understanding, to me at least, it means that insight, the ability to, to discern what's right and wrong and how to act in certain situations. So I have the wisdom to see things from God's perspective and I have the understanding to take what that means and, and discern what's right and wrong and live that in this situation. What a blessing that God has given us wisdom and understanding. Continuing in Ephesians 1, verses 9 and 10. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment. The word mystery here sometimes uh, seems mysterious or kind of weird. It, it just is a sacred secret. It was once hidden, but it's now revealed to me and to you, God's people. He showed it to us. It's the mystery of God's plan for mankind. God had a plan for this world. He had a plan for us, and he is carrying it out. And there's no university here on this earth that you can go to that's going that, to that, find that source of, 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 uh, to be revealed. There's no scientific method. God reveals his plan to Christians. And how did he make his mystery made known to us? In Christ. In Christ. We're able to see then, because of this wisdom and understanding, what is happening and to see beyond the physical to the spiritual part and the blessing. I heard of a little cartoon of, of a two discouraged salesmen. And one salesman says to the other, what I need now is a blessing that isn't in disguise. You ever felt that way? And because of the spiritual blessing of wisdom and understanding, what seems like bad things, we can look at them. And believe me, a lot of bad happens in this world. It's not from God. We live in a broken, sinful world. But God allows us to see things and understand them in a way to see how he can work even in those days and be a blessing. God gives us this wisdom and understanding so that we can see clearly, not just so that we can endure. 
sometimes I think as Christians we think we're, we need to just become turtles and just get in our shell okay I can, I can endure this this is tough this is hard but I'm going to hunker down I'm going to make it through to the other side now he gives us wisdom and understanding not just so we can endure but so that we could be thankful thankful next spiritual blessing I want to point out is that of unity we'll end with this one Ephesians 1 10 again to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth un- under Christ now there is a, a lot here and I, and I admit I'm being very light with this there's a lot more to, to think about but all of us have felt the impact of sin coming into this world and what sin has done to this world. It has fragmented the world. I mean, we, we see it in our families. We see it in our jobs. We see it in our country. We see it in our lives. Sin sin fragments it, it pushes things apart and for many of you Thanksgiving's coming and and you're gonna you're gonna be with people that you love but it sure might have a hard time liking and, and you desire to have unity in that that family one of the things we value highly in this church family not as high as we value truth and doing what God wants us to do, but we value unity, not at any cost, because Christ already paid the cost. I mean, there's, but we value unity. But that kind of unity comes at a great cost. Jesus. Under Christ. You see the words there? It's only found under Christ. So when you think about the spiritual blessings, when you take a moment in this season or on a daily basis to close your eyes, thank God for what you can see, the physical. But take some time to thank God for the spiritual at will. And just as a child, when they pray for what they see, there is a big difference when they pray for broccoli, mashed potatoes, and their mom and dad. I mean, that's, that's a big difference, right? We get that. And there's a big difference between thanking God for your house and for your salvation. So you might say, well, I think of all these physical blessings. Do you understand how much the blessing of salvation how huge it is <laughs> it's abundant it's overflowing it touches everything just pause and thank God for it thank for the spiritual blessings of being chosen of his grace of redemption forgiveness of wisdom and understanding of unity and remember all those spiritual blessings are found in Christ you can't separate yourself from Christ so many times we as believers brothers and sisters we um, we cut ourselves back off from God, from Jesus. And we try and come and look good on Sunday. 
and then we will till Monday. We have to be connected to Christ. John 15, 4, remain in me, Jesus says, as, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It, it must remain in the vine. Neither, you can bear, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And we seek to live powerful Christian lives, and yet we never pray. We want to be blessed, and yet we never see the spiritual blessings and recognize them. We are cut flowers that are wilting in a vase. Maybe we can make it one more day before we have to be thrown out. Brothers and sisters in Christ, if you're wilting away, get reconnected. Be reconciled with God. Because the life we're talking about, these spiritual blessings are only found in him. So you, many of you already know that the, the first uh, 13 verses of, of Ephesians 1 is really a, one sentence in the original language. And I put it on the screen so that you could read it for me real fast. Actually, you can't read that, and you can't even read what's popping out, but I want to show you something. You think he's trying to tell us a message? These blessings, this life we live are in Christ. It's in him. It's through him. And God wants us to live lives fully encompassed with his blessings. And the only way we can do that is in Christ. We cannot be, we have to be set apart from the world, but we cannot be set apart from Christ. And remember, God richly blesses, brings rich spiritual blessings into his people. Another text that really says this loudly is Romans chapter 10, verses 11 through 13. All Scripture says, as Scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is the Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. God richly blesses all those who give their lives to him. He does. So friend, when you lay your head down at night and reflect and you haven't given your life to Christ, you're missing out on the spiritual blessings. But those who give their lives to Christ, brothers and sisters, we are blessed. Count on it. In fact, count them. Count your many blessings. Apart from Christ, we hope to have lucky lives. In Christ, blessed lives. I heard about a, a little newspaper ad that read, Lost one dog. Brown hair with several bald spots. Right leg broken to auto accident. Rear left hip hurt. Right eye missing. Left ear bitten off in a dog fight. Answers to the name, Lucky. Just want to live a lucky life? That's what it looks like. It really does. Or choose the one who's already chosen you and live a blessed life. All oh, the fights come, the tough times come. But there is a spiritual blessing that you can count on and count. Just a few moments, some of our shepherds and their wives are going to be in the parlor praying. 
and they would love to pray for you. So if, if you're having a challenge, that's, that's, I mentioned Thanksgiving meals and family together, and if you think that's going to be a challenging time for you, go visit with our shepherds. They'd, they'd love to pray with you. They'd love to hear it and pray for you. Or Thanksgiving season, because of life circumstances, you'll be alone. You have some people that would love to pray for you today. Feel free to share your hearts with them. And as we sing a song in just a moment, make your way to the parlor. They would love to pray with you and for you. If you are that cut flower in a vase that's wilting away, brother, and si brother or sister, this family wants to pray for you. We'd love to pray for you now. You can go visit with our elders if it's something private and personal you want to talk to. But maybe let us pray for you and help you be reconciled, reconnect with God. And friend, if you've never put on Christ in baptism, you've never given your life to him, God already chose you. This day would you choose him. So let me end with these words, Romans 6, verses 3 through 4. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. That new life is waiting. We'd love to celebrate with you in just a few moments. Watch you be baptized. But that celebration we have here today can in no way compare to the God who chose you and will find great pleasure in adopting you. If you need to respond publicly, we invite you to come as we stand together and sing. My heart